Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 43. Episode 43 of Jake's World, presented by the Nuance Magazine. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Wednesday, November 4th. Holy cow. What an intense, anxious, crazy last 25 hours, 24, 25 hours since the polls opened yesterday in the 2020 presidential election Um, leading up to it. Holy cow. Just, I mean, exactly what you'd expect for 2020 at this point. Nothing's going to be easy, right? Um, I couldn't imagine there's anybody in this country not paying attention to the election going on, right? <laughs> and um, I was going to do a show yesterday, and I kind of thought better of it just because I wanted to have a little more to talk about, you know, going into today right and I mean I probably could have just done the show yesterday because we really don't know a ton more quite yet I mean I'm thinking the winner is all but decided right I mean it's pretty clear that a lot of way a lot of things need to go President Trump's way in order for him to um, <laughs> reclaim the presidency for 2021 to 2025. That doesn't look very likely, seen as um, one major news network has already called the state that he needs to win, and he's currently behind in the other state where there's no additional reporting going on right now so pretty pretty crazy I mean clearly there's like I said there's not a whole lot to talk about or elaborate on just because like I'm preaching to the choir right everybody knows like I can't like I said I can't imagine there's not a single person who hasn't been paying attention from age 18 to age 18 and up you know, who's old enough to really understand the significance of this election, right? And all elections are important, and it seems like every four years, that's the next thing they say. Oh, this is the most important election in our lifetime. This is the most important election ever. This year has a good case for it. And, of course, there were several crucial elections, right? I mean, look at the election of 1860. Adlai Stevenson and Abraham Lincoln. The nation went into a civil war. Um, 1933, the Great Depression. Are we going to continue with... uh, poor presidency of Herbert Hoover or turn the reins over to FDR and take a totally different approach in the way we approach our fiscal policy and, you know, monetary regulation and, 
you know, government programs, things like that. Um, 1960, um, a strong two-term president and former general Eisenhower. You transition into a choice between Richard Nixon or John F. Kennedy. And probably the most comparable election to this one, George Bush and Al Gore, with Florida needing to be recounted and ultimately deciding the results of the contested election three weeks later. It's, it was a bumpy ride, right? Um, there are a few talking points that I'd like to elaborate on. I'm going to keep this show a little bit brief just because I feel like everybody's kind of had enough of everything. And it's stressful, too, no matter who you vote for, especially this time because it seemed like certain a certain win for both of the candidates at different periods of time, right? But um, Biden was a heavy favorite going into it. Um, he goes as expected, right? I mean, President Trump gets a few of the conservative states in the South that he thought he was going to. Um, Indiana took a little bit longer than expected, and Missouri comes on the table, right? And then everything's looking normal at first. And then all eyes are on Florida, and all eyes are on Texas. Texas took a long time to call. The Democratic Party put a lot of money into trying to flip that state blue. It looked good for a long time. Typically, Republicans win that state by 10 points plus. Um, when, when Trump won Florida, it looked like he was going to cruise, assuming everything else was going the way he needed it to, right? Um, Ohio was called... Pennsylvania still reporting because of their wonky fucking laws with the polling not being able to open their absentee or mail-in ballots with um you know not immediately they have to wait and accept postmarked ballots until Friday I mean how many they'd get on Friday I'm not sure just because it's like You'll probably have a good idea by then. I mean, I can't imagine you're going to get a percentage of ballots on the last day. But, who knows? Classic 2020. Still can't call Georgia. Still can't call North Carolina. Biden did well in swing states. They Both candidates campaigned the shit out of Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Even a little bit of Minnesota. Minnesota is typically blue. A little bit in Iowa, right? It looked like Trump was going to do well once he won Florida, right? Because then you get that red strip, the red strip. I don't know what the technical term you could call it. The red belt? I don't know. I'm not sure. And then uh, the polls close on the West Coast. I mean, it's an immediate jump of 75 electoral votes for Biden. That's expected, though. But then Fox News calls Arizona. That throws a wrench in things. Because now Trump can't let Biden flip another state. Otherwise, he's really in a pinch. And then 
Wisconsin flipped earlier this afternoon. Michigan flipped a few hours later. He needs to win Nevada. He win, needs to make Fox News look stupid by calling Arizona too soon. And he needs to win Pennsylvania, Georgia, and North Carolina. Can't lose any more states. He'll get Alaska. I'm, they might have even called it by the time you hear this. Or even as I'm recording this, you might, they might have called it. I haven't checked in a little while. But it's not looking good for Team Red. That red wave never really came, right? Now, the, like I said several times, there are a few talking points I want to make. Pre-election polling. This needs to go away. It serves no practical purpose in our society. Polls, I believe, now this is my opinion, I have no reason to base this off a of fact because statistics can often be manipulated by who you sample, how often you sample, where you sample, what time you sample. So many elements going go into creating an accurate poll and a diverse poll. That's a big thing too. It needs to be cannot be skewed toward one sample size, right? One variable in that poll that's not diverse enough can skew it a certain direction. And I find it very hard to believe that all polls do that. Polls said that this election was not going to be close. Now, I think people were skeptical and realized that it wouldn't be close, which is good. And there was a record turnout for the vote, which was very good. That's the most important thing you can do, not only as an American citizen, but as a citizen in any democracy in which you participate in. It's the only time, especially in a republic, that you have the opportunity to represent, showcase your opinion, how you feel, what's on your mind. Sure, you can voice it on Twitter, Snapchat, and Facebook and Instagram. You can tell your friends, but how many of us really have an audience of more than a thousand people, right? Oh, you have a thousand Instagram followers, but all you do is post stupid selfies and pictures of you partying and your boobs are hanging out and your thirst traps. And like, how many people actually see that or take you seriously or value your opinion? Nobody does. That's why you vote, right? I mean, that was kind of a shallow argument for it, but I mean, that's it's kind of true. That's the only time you really have a substantial say in anything because you don't have a huge platform. The, ma the majority of people don't. And I believe these polls are used to influence people to vote a certain way because, face it, everybody wants to vote for a winner, right? Who wants to be on the losing side of anything? It can be your beer league softball team. It can be your fantasy football team. It can, it can be anything. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody. I think those poll numbers are used to intentionally sway voting. You might not buy into that, but what's the point of having them? they don't work I mean look at Florida Florida is a perfect example 
vice president, soon to be president, probably Biden, was favored by, I believe I saw, seven points. Seven points in Florida, a notorious swing state. And President Trump wins it by four and a half points. His team thought he was going to be fine. The polls suggested otherwise, and look what happened. I don't know. There could be other reasons that I did not mention as to why those poll numbers could be skewed so much. Maybe with the way our society is with cancel culture and things of that nature, people felt a little timid to express their true opinions. Maybe they only poll in urban places primarily, and they base their sample size off of that. I don't know. But people take those numbers seriously. They look into that. Or they used to anyways, not anymore. If if it wasn't, you know, distrusted last election cycle, certainly not trusted this one. But take that for what you will. Another thing to consider. Um, this isn't going to be a smooth transition. I mean... Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of things need to go the president's way in order for him to win re-election, right? Joe Biden looks like he's going to be taking office in January. How long he's actually president, I don't know. <laughs> he's not mentally well. That's the fact. <laughs> he, he can't talk. I Part of me believes that... Kamala Harris was selected as vice president for a reason. So, we'll see what happens there. This voter fraud thing, you need to take with a grain of salt. It's all about changing the narrative. That's what we do now. How can we control information to make the picture seem different? If President Trump can convince enough people that there is a fraudulent election. It's going to erode the people's faith in the election process. And I mean, I think that's duly noted. Or maybe I should rephrase that. Maybe that's, I don't think that is going to help him very much just because people aren't satisfied with the election process, with the electoral college. I've explained it before. I get it. It makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> it gets really not that hard. It's popular. It's a weighted popular vote. It gives smaller states to say when eighty percent of your population lives in urban cities, the other twenty percent will be forgotten about. Cities typically vote differently than smaller areas, and people candidates would only campaign in Southern California, Western California urban Texas, New York City, Baltimore, Boston, and Tampa Bay, Florida, and Miami-Dade County, Florida. That's the only place they'd campaign. They wouldn't pay attention anywhere else. They would get, they'd spend campaign dollars there, but they wouldn't do rallies or anything like that. That's just how it is. But I'm not going to preach to that choir. Um... 
all these examples they're citing of voter fraud, how much can you really believe them? Think about it. The entire narrative of each candidate in the election was President Biden urged, and really the whole party really, and you know, advocates of the party, celebrities of the like, whatever, they all urged candidates to vote early or vote in mail, vote by mail, which makes sense in a pandemic where there's a contagious disease going around and people get sick. That makes sense, at least it does to me. And the other side preached, go in person, go in troves, go in person, vote in person, don't trust the mail. Now, look at what happened throughout the course of each state closing its polls. Um, let's look. The states that counted the absentee ballots earlier, or the mail-in ballots earlier, typically had a, an advantage for Vice President Biden, and that deficit was eroded quickly after they got to start counting the in-person votes. Florida. Um, Texas. Uh, what's another one? Uh, I think North Carolina was like that. Um, Ohio was probably like that. The states that were called earlier that went to Trump that's how they were called, right? That's typically how that process went. The other states, the swing states, like Arizona and Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, especially, I already explained that little special rule they had. Those states did the reverse. They counted the in-person stuff first. Now, whether that was because of a state law they had or something else that was in play that's how the trend was kind of the opposite Trump started out early winning and that lead eroded over the course of the night in those swing states that couldn't be decided yet and now he's saying oh my lead vanished well yeah I mean you had to expect that a little to his credit, I will say that there's no way a hundred thousand people consecutively voted for Biden. I think there was a glitch in the system because, like, I think there was a case in Michigan with the reporting where, like, all the Biden votes went up simultaneously for, like, a couple of seconds and then it vanished. And, like, Trump's votes then appeared, like, a few seconds after. And I think people caught it and were like, oh, voter fraud? Don't you guys see? It's like, um, think about it, Donald and Donald's camp. Like, it's not, it, it makes sense. Like, what do, you, what do you expect to happen? Oh, yeah, you urged everybody to vote in person. And when the in-person counts down, you expect to you know, pull half of that? That doesn't make sense to me. Like, 
where the lack of reasoning is. But then again, it does make sense because the lack of reasoning is intentional because he's trying to change the narrative. I'm not, with, like with Michigan and Wisconsin especially, Wisconsin is going to be recounted. That makes sense. It was close to begin with. I mean, I think if either candidate would have lost that state, they'd ask that to be recounted just because it was so close. I. The only one I could see is Michigan. Because, I mean, outside of Detroit and Grand Rapids and Traverse City and um, Lansing, it's a pretty rural state. Um, I think Houghton, Michigan, or Marquette, Michigan, excuse me, that's a college town, and uh, that went blue. But for the most part, you're not going to have too many counties voting for Biden. Just typically, rural voters, Trump appealed to them, and that's just how it went. Um, That was strange, but union presence there, I mean... The Democratic Party's always been associated with the union vote, with the car industry there. And the same thing with the oil industry and the steel industry in Pennsylvania and Ohio, right? It's just, I don't know. He's just trying to delegitimate. He's trying to take away the legitimacy of the other side's vote by just simply casting doubt that there could have been fraudulent elements at play. And that's classic Donald Trump, right? I mean, in 2000, it came down to one state, and that was close enough to be recounted because they called it early, I believe. I mean, I was four years old. I don't remember the exact reason, but I know it was recounted, and George Bush won the presidency. It's like, if it was one state, that'd be one thing. But... There are so many other things in play. Like, Donald Trump needs a miracle. (laughs) He needs one called state in a state he's losing to flip sooner rather than later. And he needs to see a Philadelphia vote vanish. (laughs) he, he, He needs that to be gone. And it's like they're trying to stop votes from being counted. Just because they believe they're fraudulent. I mean, are they really fraudulent? I don't know. It's like... Voting in person would be the best way to do it all the time. No exceptions. With it being watched. But, I mean, then it's like, uh... Voter suppression. I mean, you can intimidate people from voting. Like, it's kind of a weird position to be in. And, I mean, I don't think... I don't think it's going to change anything. I guarantee you this, though. We'll know a winner in a few days, if not before then. But this isn't going to go away. He's going to fight it tooth and nail until he is declared the winner by a fraudulent, fraudulent election. Or he is literally dragged out of the White House. This isn't going to go away. It's going to be a few weeks, right? I mean, I hope I'd hope he loses with grace. But is anything graceful about that guy? No, it never has been. Why would you expect it to be? I mean, some people think there's a gripe, and I'm not gonna go 
in I'm not gonna say predict what's gonna happen because I don't fucking know. I don't really don't think anyone does. I mean let me check here. Um Google Machine refresh. It's eight oh eight for your information and nothing has changed yet. I I don't know. It's it's just been a shitty year, right? And I mean this this election is so strange because it's clearly a transitional period in the ideology of which our country is going to go by. Now, this is the last thing I really want to talk about because it's going to leave you thinking a lot of things. What we do know right now is that the Senate stayed Republican and the House stayed Democratic. The White House is probably going to be blue unless a bizarre series of events, the bizarro Biden, would need to happen in order for him to lose. Nothing's going to get done. Nothing is going to get done. Donald Trump was the only one who could appease to the very um, stubborn Republicans. They wanted a stimulus deal passed months ago, and the Republicans were holding it up. Trump was at first, but then they were like, okay, this would probably give me an election boost if I go for this. Let's see if we can get it through. They couldn't get it through. It's, nothing's going to change. And all these voters who just voted and put all this time and energy is, and like to flip the landscape of this country, want results. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're not going to get any results. Nothing's going to happen. These guys were loyal to Trump. They see Trump as, you know, changing the party. Unless they're all soft and we don't see it coming. And they all, you know, come rhinos to use that, you know, uh, middle to left-leaning Republican term. Nothing's going to change. Mitch McConnell's Mitch McConnell. Lindsey Graham's Lindsey Graham. They won their Senate races extremely easily for the most part. While their their challenger spent a hundred million dollars on an unsuccessful campaign, like Jesus, think about that for a minute. Like a hundred million dollars to lose a Senate seat, albeit a huge one, but that's a lot of dough to spend on a campaign to lose by ten, fifteen points. Nothing's gonna change. I mean, you can run on whatever you want, right? I want to. I want Medicare for all. It's a good idea. Just how you're gonna pay for it. Um, we want open borders. Um, I think there should be a way for qualified immigrants to get here legally. 
not through an open border. I mean, it shouldn't be come as you go. And if you get here, amnesty. I mean, there's a lot of problems in Mexico right now. But you got to do it legally, I think. That's my opinion on it. Um, the environment's important. Right? Environment's extremely important. And we're doing a lot of bad things to our environment. And... We need to change those things, otherwise life on Earth is going to be very different. I believe in climate change. But are you going to motivate other people enough to believe it if their job disappears? Are people in the oil business going to be able to do something else to sustain their way of life? There's so many issues. Social Security. I said Medicare foreign policy trade there's so many things and we're at a crossroads because we're polar opposites of the spectrum from one candidate to another another thing to consider is is President Biden really going to listen to all of the advice he's gotten Joe Biden's not a the socialist, like, or, or radical leftist, as President Trump would say. He's not that. He's never been that. Is he going to give in to the pressure? I don't know. That's what they run on. And my mo the moral of my story here is that... I want everyone listening to this to remember this going forward. I'm going to wrap it up right here. I was going to say a couple of other things, but I think I can leave it here. Politics is an art, right? It's like, it's like Leonardo da Vinci painting the Sistine Chapel or carving David. It's a statue. It's like... Steven Spielberg making Save It Priving Ryan or Scorsese in Goodfellas Ford Coppola in The Godfather it's it's art Pink Floyd writing Dark Side of the Moon it's art it's an art form it's a mastery of words it's poetry but for real life Joe Biden's a fantastic politician where Trump is not. He's art of the deal. <laughs> How ironic, right? I mean, he, he did business fine. I'm not going to be that guy who said, oh, he didn't pay his taxes or he went bankrupt eight times. Bankruptcy is a business maneuver. He prepaid his taxes. I'm not going to say that. He's a successful business person. That's just true. But he doesn't have the art of politics. Politicians... Do not speak to our logic, to our minds, to our reason, our, our rationale. They don't speak to you in rational ways. And I struggle with that because I think in rational ways. Politicians appeal to your heart, to your soul, and to your emotions. They move you different ways. Good ones do. Like look at Adolf Hitler, a homicidal, genocidal maniac who won the hearts of his people by saying the right things. He inspired them because of the way he spoke. 
oratory skills are important. What I'm trying to say is don't buy what they're selling. Because is there are there intentions there? Ten years ago, the notion was that you couldn't trust any politician. And now in an effort to remove one we don't like, you totally abandoned that notion and put your blind faith into someone who's proven that he has never taken your best interests at heart before. That's something we need to be cautious with. Because there's a good chance that everything he ran on doesn't happen, doesn't materialize. Is he going to be better for social justice than the guy we have now? Maybe. But maybe not. Him and his running mate did detrimental things to impact that 10, 15, 20 years ago. Will they undo that? That remains to be seen. But just remember that. Don't put your entire heart and soul into things that may never materialize. You need to be distrustful of these people because why are they there? Politics are viewed as a service to your country. But why has Nancy Pelosi been there for 40 years? Why has she made that a career? It's a service. You're not supposed to profit from that. They don't call it community career. They call it community service. You're giving up something, your time, or your money, or your leisure activity to do better, to do good. They profit from that. They may have, it's a, they make a very good salary, but come on, there's so much more money in the private sector. Why are they there, mil making millions of dollars over five or ten terms? That's just something you need to think about. Okay, they don't have your best interests at heart anymore. Maybe at one time they did, but it hasn't been that way for a long time. I'll leave you guys with that. Peace.